What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Well, welcome back in. Great to be back with you on the latest edition of the SportsMediaWatch.com podcast. Lots to get to, including the F word. No, not that one. Football. Football about to be back. And we're ready to talk about that and other subjects, at least from a sports media standpoint. I am merely the somewhat capable host, TJ Reeves. He is the man that you read and you are purveying here with us to hear from John Lewis of SportsMediaWatch.com. Good to be back with you, John, with no shortage of subjects, no shortage of cash, apparently, for the Big Ten as well, as their deal has been officially announced since last we talked. Good to be back with you. How are things? You know, uh, yeah, things are pretty good. Got the washer dryer going, so that's nice. <laughs> so yeah. that was a cliffhanger from last week's show that it had not been delivered as of yet. And so now it's been delivered and it's functioning properly. I'm proud well, of you, domesticated yeah, as you are. Yeah, it was delivered today. Uh, so it's, it's only been it's only been a couple of hours uh, and I haven't tested the dryer yet. So I don't know that that works. But uh, washing this, you know, there was no leak. Okay, that was, that's you know, good. You're concerned about. Uh, and uh, so now it's just uh, seeing if uh, seeing if the clothes actually get clean. All uh, right. Let's see. Good luck on being domesticated. There with that, we say to the audience, thank you for finding us, however you did so, through a social media link, for example, through John's site, sportsmediawatch.com. The easiest way to consume all of the content on this podcast feed is follow or subscribe, and we've got lots here. John and I come your way midweek with the fresh takes, John's insight on the ratings, what's going on in the industry, announcer movement, uh, game broadcast, critiques. John uh, schooling me on 80s and 90s uh, comedies and B comedies that he goes back and researches whatever the uh, topics and and trends are. We do our best to cover that here. So you can follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. And by the way, again, we plug 
uh, our buddy George Offman uh, with his Tell Me a Story I Don't Know podcast series. The Northwestern coach, Pat Fitzgerald, is the guest for this week. It's actually a two-parter because of how much content there is with Pat Fitzgerald. Uh, Fitzgerald and the Northwestern Wildcats get set to play their week zero game. It's not week one, it's week zero. This weekend, oh, by the way, John Lewis in Ireland against Nebraska, and you will hear Pat Fitzgerald talking about that on George's Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. That is the podcast immediately preceding this one on the feed. So we love uh, John and or, uh, George and his guests, and again, that's an interesting one uh, there for that. And then also Mike Gill and Phil DeMont Mullen on the Announcer Schedules podcast. Uh, they do a great job of, of specifically talking announcers, who's calling what as the play-by-play, as the analyst, radio, TV, nationally. And frequently they have announcer guests, including ESPN, Pac-12 Network, and Oakland A's radio broadcaster, Roxy Bernstein. He is the guest from this past week's show and we actually put that conversation up as a separate thing on the podcast feed to hear from Roxy Bernstein. So, John, uh, we've got a we've got a buffet here for the listeners to hear. Yeah. And the and the Fitzgerald story is an interesting one because he's been associated with Northwestern since he was 18 years old. Yeah. So he's roughly going on, including being an assistant coach and a head coach, like a, a close to 30 year relationship uh, right now with Northwestern, going back to being an 18 year old and being a freshman there. Uh, he is purple uh, cats through and through there on that. Yep. Uh, best football team in Illinois, right? Which isn't saying, you know, it's not saying a ton, but, uh, you Did know, you it was always them ahead of the bears at this point as well. Uh, oh, Northwestern yeah. maybe uh, you said Illinois and the bear and the bears have not been great. The bear, in fact, the bears have been bad for the last yeah, been- uh, couple of years. So we'll see if it, uh, if it gets any better for that. And Northwestern, by the way, was in the big 10 title game in 2020 and I got the privilege of working that game on national radio, bizarre as it was, John, in an empty Lucas Oil Stadium against Ohio State, where they were beating Ohio State. At halftime, they were beating Ohio State. And then the Buckeyes behind Trey Sermon ran all over Northwestern. Trey Sermon went for over 300 yards, and they won the game. But I'm just pointing out, Northwestern was uh, you know, contending for the Big Ten title as recently as two years ago under Pat Fitzgerald's tutelage. And what do you make, just real quick, they're opening the season in Ireland here in a conference game against Nebraska. Nothing smacks of the Big Ten opener like Northwestern Nebraska, right, John? In Ireland, no less. What are your thoughts, real quick? Hey, you know, might as well. Uh, This is something that we're trying to do for a while. I know the Illinois-Nebraska game last year was supposed to be in Ireland. I think Notre Dame was supposed to open up in Ireland. They're going to send game day there before covid you know, it is what it is. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll see if there's any value. I mean, it's, look, ultimately, this is, uh, it's all normal stuff. I used to take my college classes out to Nebraska, to uh, Ireland all the time. <laughs> get my students on a flight and just uh, fly all over right. the country. I mean, I joke, but that does happen sometimes. There's a professor at a school I've uh, been affiliated with before who would take students to Nike every year. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, that's a pretty I, cool I, trip. And Ireland's a cool trip for these players. And by the way, Notre Dame did play Navy about five, six years ago under Brian Kelly in the Irish Shamrocks uh, series in Ireland uh, as well. And it may have been as much as seven or eight years ago, but they, they did it. 
and they and they had on the like the alternative uniforms and they had on like the shamrock or leprechaun cleats and all the notre dame traditionalists went crazy what are they wearing what what kind of blasphemy is this of the uh the lineage of newt rockney and the the legends of paul horning and joe montana and uh, Lou Holtz even and all the great Notre Dame you know, championship teams that were doing this. But anyway, they have played in Ireland before. And just real quick, uh, Fox will televise it all over the country with the debut from a college football standpoint of Jason Benetti working with Brock Heward and Allison Williams, formerly of ESPN, part of that broadcast team that's covering the game from Ireland. So there's a plug for the week zero games that will be going on. Uh, coming this week college football already here at least in some form this weekend and then really gets going uh next weekend so again more with pat fitzgerald there with uh george offman on tell me a story i don't know so speaking of the big 10 let's just let's just stick with the football theme and the college football theme we were talking about this for a couple of weeks they now have officially announced their television agreements with cbs with nbc in addition to fox John, a billion dollar per year TV deal that could expand to more money, depending if there's more teams in the current Big Ten than right now what they have. What they have right now with UCLA and USC coming in is 16 teams. If they go to more teams, there could be more TV money. But right now, a billion with a B dollars per year in the TV deal. What are your thoughts on all of this? Now it's official. So, I mean, I think for the Big Ten, it's a it's a big success story. Obviously, having uh, the leg up on the SEC financially, uh, they don't have a leg up in terms of the quality of the football necessarily. We know that the Big Ten teams are not comparable necessarily to the top SEC teams that will continue to make the playoff year after year. But, you know, I don't know how much the extra money is going to you know, eliminate whatever gap there is between the Big Ten and the SEC in terms of recruiting but it is a significant advantage for the big 10 to have. So I think, you know, ultimately it's a big success story being on three different broadcast networks when the sec is on one is a success story. You're on Fox, then you're on CBS, then you're on NBC. The reality of the matter is broadcast television matters because people view it differently. People go idly to the broadcast networks when there's nothing else on, they go, NBC, CBS, you know, Fox, whatever. Cable, you seek out. ESPN is a little different. If you're a sports fan, you might idly go to ESPN, but you're still seeking it out in a way that you don't have to with the broadcast networks. Broadcast networks, and I, I mean, it's so weird to me, people act like broadcast TV is dead. Well, the NFL, the only thing in TV that succeeds is all over broadcast TV. That's right. Broadcast TV still matters. And especially when you're talking about alumni events like football so much of the college football basketball audience is alums it's people wanting to maintain that connection to their schools right they're going to be a little bit older they're not going to be watching on apple tv or whatever they're going to be watching on nbc cbs and box that's where they're going to go and then the great thing for the big 10 is that it's so set every week noon on fox 3 30 on cbs eight o'clock on nbc this is, uh, you know, look for a conference that so badly botched everything two years ago, mm-hmm. probably handled the, the COVID return worse than any other conference. Uh, you know, if you were wondering about Kevin Warren's competency, and I certainly was after two years ago, I don't think you can wonder about that anymore now, right? This is a, it's a tremendous deal. Sure. And 
And the phrase I was thinking when you were saying it, appointment TV. I mean, that that 3.30 slot on CBS has been appointment TV for the Southeastern Conference and the biggest SEC game every week, seemingly for the last 25 years. Well, now it's going to become appointment TV for the Big Ten because just like Fox has now ingrained the big noon kickoff being a Big Ten game, that I mean, this becomes be there at noon, be at CBS for 3.30, be at NBC more than likely like 8 Eastern time or whatever they choose, whenever they choose to start it. 7.30 Eastern time, maybe, that's going to become appointment TV, and it's going to help the Big Ten. Now, you have raised the point, and we don't know this, do they have enough quality games to fill in for all the standalones where the third choice of those is not Illinois hosting right. Wisconsin, and how big of a game literally is that in the Big Ten? We don't know that. Yeah. We'll see. Well, I mean, that's the other thing, you know, obviously USC being in there immediately gives you conference games that are non-conference quality, USC, Ohio State, USC, Michigan, you know, and so those are USC, Michigan State even, right? The reality is, I just from the fact that Peacock is going to get eight games exclusively, right? So Rutgers, Illinois, Rutgers, you know, <laughs> Rutgers entire schedule is going to be on Peacock, right? Maryland, Indiana. Uh, right. Yeah. Oh, I forgot Maryland was there. I forgot Indiana was there too. And they're a traditional big 10 team. Look, the reality of the matter is that, you know, the big 10, ultimately there's going to be a few weeks there where the matchup is not particularly good because you're not going to have three great big 10 games every single week. Right now, if you think about it, the, there's two great Big Ten games a week, noon on Fox, 7.30 on ABC. And then after that, maybe there's another good game on FS1 in the mid-afternoon or something, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the reality of the matter is you're probably going to get every week a pretty weak game in that, not pretty weak, but a not that strong game, okay, in, in one of those marquee windows. Yeah. Is, is this package really worth $300 million a year for CBS and NBC? I mean, absolutely not in terms of compared to what we've seen in the past. But to be able to have a piece of the Big Ten, nothing in the SEC is available, right? The SEC is out of stock. So the SEC is out of stock. Well, you can get the Big Ten and, you know, have that relationship for a decade. And you mentioned USC and UCLA coming in, which we believe will be 2024. If the if the finances can be worked out, it could be for next year, but not likely. And we don't know that they're not done expanding. You talked about it and touched on it last week. This is the obvious, obvious play that they're trying to make. If they lure Notre Dame, where outside of the Notre Dame home games that would be on NBC, you now have Notre Dame playing Big Ten games on the noon, the 3.30, or the 8 Eastern time windows, that's a totally different thing. And if they expand and get the likes of Oregon and Washington, for example, to help them in terms of the West and credible opponents, Oregon is certainly a brand name to help them with conference games. That will help offset um, what you're talking about. And the one other thing I was thinking, too, with this massive of a deal, it, it the trickle down effect for all of it the money to pay coaches the money for facilities the money for recruiting and to be able to do all of those different things is just massive now for those schools it, it is totally different than what it was maybe even five years ago much less 10 or 15 years ago financially for them 
So there is no excuse about not having top-notch coaches, facilities, being able to compete with everybody at the highest level because financially they can now. I, I think I saw we're in the first year of the agreement coming in 2024, the projected revenue split per team is like over $100 million. $100 million just from the broadcast deal. Uh, it's incredible uh, how much money is flowing through. Well, you know, look, I mean, again, I, I think the Big Ten is still at best 1B behind the SEC. Right. But, you know, if this on is the a field. deal that... Yes, right, that's agreed. This is a deal that can ultimately bridge that gap, right? You know, now you say to yourself, ultimately, am I expecting the college football playoff in five years to be Ohio State, Michigan, yada, 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 as opposed to Georgia, Alabama? And, you know, no, not necessarily. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think ultimately a lot of it is to that winning tradition. Money cannot necessarily overcome. I mean, look, you know, unless you're, unless we're talking about NIL and players getting more money or anything under the table, if we're just strictly talking football and I mean, it is college football. So we're not strictly talking football, but if we are strictly talking football, a kid's going to look at Alabama, their entire life, 18 years old, they were born in 2004. Mm -hmm. So that means Nick Saban's entire run has been their entire life. Their entire working memory has been from 09 when they were five years old to now Nick Saban, and Alabama winning year after year after year, right? They are not able to remember USC being good. They are not really able. To, I mean, maybe they saw Michigan and Michigan right. has not been good at the national level in their light in their lifetime, basically. And, you know, the other thing, too, is we're talking about the South, right? A lot mm -hmm. of the best college football players come from the South. That's, That's right. still an advantage. The Midwest is not the South when it comes to a lot of things, certainly when it comes to the weather. Uh, and, uh, you know, the reality of the matter is there's still going to be advantages for the SEC that are going to be difficult for the Big Ten to overcome. But I do think this deal could go a little way, a little way to making it less of, uh, you know, to making it more competitive. Certainly, it's certainly an unprecedented agreement, as you mentioned, with three broadcast networks. And you got to give the Big Ten a lot of credit, especially if they have the forethought to expand it when they expand the conference. And I don't think it's an if it's a when they expand the conference by even more teams coming up. Let's stick with the theme of uh, the Big Ten and Urban Meyer, obviously synonymous with having won national championships at Ohio State. Um, and now he is back in the fold for the Fox uh, big noon kickoff show, the pregame show that they're doing. What are your thoughts here? He used to be on that show. He obviously departed uh, yeah. for the NFL um, for one failed season horrifically with the Jacksonville Jaguars is now back. Urban Meyer had already been kind of pushing people's limits when he was working with ESPN. And it's unseemly to doubt anybody's health issues, but certainly with Urban, there's always been this sense that it's not, you know, that it's a bit self-serving. Um, and so, you know, people were already kind of against him from that, from that period of time. Uh, all the issues going on with the, the players on his teams having legal issues, everyone, of course, knows Aaron Hernandez, you know, mm -hmm. all of the things that were going on at Florida. Uh, and, you know, I mean, he's got a really terrible reputation, uh, you know, but look, Fox, I don't see the upside I just don't, but I don't, I don't think it's the end of the world either. I think most people recognize Fox is probably going to bring him back. 
you know, I don't know. I mean, they have, they have Michael Vick works for them. Right. You know, Um, Pete Rose worked for them until they could not allow Pete Rose to be working for them anymore. And clearly he is on brand with the Ohio state fans who still will love him. And if you've got some love hate thing going where the Michigan people aren't going to like it, but the Ohio state people love it. So that's part of it too, especially if you're catering to the big 10. I mean, the perfect example is they have Matt Leinert, and Reggie Bush, yep. they're now involved because USC is going to eventually be in the Big Ten. But what, when, whenever they were on the big noon kickoff talking about Michigan State and Ohio State, what are what are Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart going to offer right. about that game? They didn't play in that game, so he brings some of that to it. He knows the different coaches. He went against the different coaches. It's just a little tougher for me because he doesn't have humor. And I will agree. I will agree with this. There's enough in his background that could have excluded him to be brought back, especially the Jaguar stuff. There's some stuff. There's some stuff there that's even current and relevant. He's being sued by the former kicker, Josh Lambeau right now for his NFL exploits. Um, So there you go. They are are bringing him back for that pregame show though, coming up. There's no upside to having him there. They already have Clay Travis kind of being their person that people don't, you know, that's very divisive. And frankly, I mean, honest to God, I think Clay Travis is a better image than, than urban Meyer does. <laughs> I, I do. Um, you don't have you know, the highest opinion there, but Clay Travis is kind of the counterbalance where they go for like three minutes and say, Oh, there's an sec important game. And here's Clay Travis at that game. Right. And now we come back for the next uh, 57 minutes of the hour and talk either the big 10 or the big 12 game. And it's now going to be the big 10 game week in and week out that was like the acknowledgement the acknowledgement that the sec exists is here wherever clay travis is at georgia florida or alabama tennessee he's there at that game and that's how that works but meyer's sitting there on the set and by the way they're going to have him at all the locations the 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 big noon kickoff is going to travel every week and be on location i i understand the love hate thing they want him there for the ohio state beloved and then everybody else hates it we'll see how it works with urban meyer I think, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, again, Urban's got a terrible reputation. His image is, is at the lowest point of his career. Um, you know, if we're talking college football coaches, the only one I can think of who's been more hated than Urban lately is Joe Paterno. You know, I mean, realistically, he, I mean, I'm trying to think of, I mean, college football coaches. Who is that guy with the neck brace? Uh, Bobby Petrino. Yeah. Bobby well, Petrino. Yeah. Right. That's actually where he is. Forget Paterno, because the best com- the best comparable is Petrino, where your 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 controversies get to a point where you are not just an object of disgust for people, but an object of disgusted ridicule. Right. And I think that's where Urban is, because it's not just that people dislike him. They don't respect him. And so, you know, I don't I mean, if Fox hired Bobby Petrino, people would be like, well, actually, I think people would be very intrigued. <laughs> I do. I think people would be very intrigued to see what Bobby Petrino would do. But the other thing, too, is Urban, as you said, is a humorless guy. The arrogance of someone who has no skeletons in their closet while also having tons of skeletons, right? Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investors, 
investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. All right, so off the college football, let's turn our attention just real quick to the NFL and the preseason. As we mentioned on the show last week, network coverage of preseason games uh, has begun, John, and that included uh, the ESPN uh, secondary crew for Monday Night Football, et cetera, getting not one but two games in since we last time uh, lasted a podcast last week. Uh, that included the Monday night game of Jets and Falcons for Steve Levy, Lewis Riddick, and Dan Orlovsky. Also, Fox did a network game as well on Sunday night of Ravens at Cardinals, and that was Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson. Interesting that Sean Payton made his Fox debut on their little studio show. They were in director's chairs sitting there on the field, not back in the Los Angeles studio, but he was uh, sitting there with Jay Glazer and Kurt Menefee, I believe, uh, doing the pregame and the halftime of that game. So, John, I don't know how much you got to catch of any of that, but we at least have had some network broadcasts. Did you catch any of Sean Payton? Who was, he was given a couple of strong opinions on a couple of different things, I guess, at least at the half, et cetera. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not watching the preseason. What was I watching <laughs> Sunday night? Um, probably Mystery Science Theater. Okay. Actually, you know, I've stumbled upon uh, this new thing. I love Mystery Science Theater, but I'm a fan of uh, bad movie breakdowns, period. Uh, there's something called Red Letter Media. Uh, it's probably pretty popular. They probably got millions of views, but I only heard of them like in the last week. And they do this uh, best of the worst. So I've been I've been watching a lot of that lately. Not and can I just interject? Not unlike preseason football, especially in the second half. If you get yes. any best, it is truly the best. You of know, the worst. honest to God, they should be riffing these. Uh, <laughs> they should be riffing these these games. Amazon and I, do. They should let you and I do it, and we can be in the silhouettes wow. like yeah. uh, the robots and Mystery Science Theater and riffing on the games. Yeah. Well, a hundred percent honest uh, for the Rift Tracks people, for Mike, Kevin, and Bill at Rift Tracks. They should be an Amazon option. You know how Amazon has their main team. Then they have right. Hannah Storm and uh, Andrea Kramer. They should have the Rift Tracks people. Or, you know, you can do, you know, Joel and whoever. Joel and right. whoever pops are there now. And do a, a Riff version. Now, if you remember, back in 2001, ABC had Washington and Dallas. And I think both teams were really awful. And there was a huge baseball game on a game five involved the Yankees. You're talking about a Monday night football yeah. game, Dallas yeah. and, uh, and the, and the Redskins. Okay. Yeah. Or and then uh, Redskins. Right. Right. And this was a game. It was so bad on paper and the Yankee game was a big deal. And this is back when baseball could beat the NFL. If it was 2001, it was right after nine 11. And that was yeah, the Yankees true. making their run into the world series to play the diamondbacks. Right. Yeah. So go ahead. Yes, exactly. So Al Michaels, Dennis Miller, and their partner, Dan Fouts, were riffing this game as it was on. <laughs> the NFL because, was very upset. Oh, yeah. And because the truth is, Al probably had the World Series game on on one of his monitors because he's a big baseball guy anyway. And so they just were going straight on Mystery Science Theater 3000 style. Well, they had Dennis Miller in the booth, too. Of course. 
Yeah. In the interest of full disclosure, full disclosure, I've never seen this broadcast, but I've read the media coverage from that time. We got to look NFL, it up. See if it's yeah. there on YouTube. We got to look it up. The NFL was very upset. So they've been showing work. some classic games from that era, 2000, 2001, on Monday Night Football in the past and this summer on the NFL Network. Um, and all the crazy, exciting games they had in particular in 2000 on Monday Night Football. Um, and you get a chance to relive just how bad Eric Dickerson was on the sideline of Monday Night yeah. Football, including wow. me standing down there working Tampa Bay Buccaneer games. No exaggeration where they had his stuff written out in big letters on poster board, holding it up for him mm. to read at times, which I found fascinating. I've never seen that before or since. That's the truth. The whole yeah. truth and nothing but the truth on the Sports Media Watch com podcast there were a lot of weird decisions made dennis miller being one of them certainly right. but also even lisa guerrero who was not i mean i know she's a, a journalist and does you know does work on inside edition now but she was not at all ready for that role either and you know to foia because i mean look realistically even melissa stark wasn't really great in that role to foia was like a miracle when they got right. her Right. And it was because Al was doing the finals with Tafoya. I'm sure they recognized how good that, you know, that, that arrangement was and uh, her getting there, they were flailing on the sidelines for years on Monday night football. And by the way, because again, I do this for radio, it is work and you have to find things. And in the case of the network person for football, for the NFL, or for college, they're having to go back and forth to each sideline, depending on injury, storyline you're doing, who's winning the game or not. You're going back and forth, whether whether it's Aaron Andrews, uh, as you mentioned, Michelle Tafoya, whomever. Um, it, it's not an easy job. I'm just putting that out there as well. All right, so speaking of Amazon, real quick, before we move on off the football, they will have their first broadcast of the NFL in the preseason Thursday night. It is a titanic, epic showdown of San Francisco and Houston, who had that on the bingo card as the first one for the run-through. Yeah. 49ers with Trey Lance now at quarterback. Houston Texans, I'm not sure what they're doing at this point except for maybe trying to play for next year, which has been kind of their mode the last two or three years. So Al Michaels, Kirk Herbstreet, Kaylee Hartung, and that crew will debut on Thursday night as we're talking. And it'll be interesting. I mean, I, I saw one of the press release things. They were building up. They're going to test out a couple of their innovations and different things. This is a full dress rehearsal for them. Well, you know, I don't know why they didn't just have Al do the game in L.A. There's no way Al Michaels wants to be traveling to Houston <laughs> for the preseason. Can you imagine? Oh, my goodness. Uh, but, you know, look, uh, it'll be very interesting. Um, I don't know what to make of this team. Uh, I, I, I really don't. There's a, a lot of really good professionals on paper. On paper, on paper, it's a better team than what, you know, Ooh, well, I won't say that because uh, Chris Collinsworth over Herb Street is, is, in my view, on the NFL significant. But I would say in terms of Al Michaels and Kaylee Hartung, you could say NBC and Fox in those positions aren't necessarily as strong. I mean, I know Aaron Andrews is in like the Hall of Fame, but right. You know, Kaylee Hartung is an actual hard you have, news reporter. Right? And you have, well, you have Pam Oliver, who's obviously done it for a long time and others that have done this job, female, male, uh, et cetera, that have been that extra, uh, extra person down there on the sideline and trying to get information, et cetera. As long but, as know, we don't go back to the booger mobile on the, on the elevated yeah. golf cart that almost ran me it, over 
Not once, John Lewis, but twice. Almost ran me over wow. with the booger mobile back a few years ago uh, with that. You see, there are other companies where the executive responsible for the booger mobile would have gotten fired okay i mean let's just be real i feel like whoever was responsible for the booger mobile i mean maybe it was john skipper maybe that was his parting right. parting thing and they said you know that's why he left or something but whoever it was that came up with that i mean man that's just a really espn there's so many bad ideas that come out of there even whoever came up with the idea to have Nichols and taylor splitting the nba job should have lost your job right like there's so many mistakes that other networks right you just can't get away with by the way on the schedule neither the chargers nor the rams are at home for the final weekend of the preseason they're both on the road so al would not have been able to get away with doing a game at sofi stadium so it turns out they'll be in houston should have done it remotely we'll see how it looks okay that may be the case uh with that, that. The preseason, right? it is the preseason all right let's move on to some basketball then we're going to play some love it or leave it you have the news on the site about the women's uh, NCAA tournament and the championship game. And this is something that I think you had been calling for and some others have been calling for. Give it a shot on network TV. And it looks like that's now going to happen, John Lewis. Yeah, well, you know, Richard Dyke has been the primary person advocating for this. Um, I would say he was a bigger proponent of it than I because realistically, there's some, there's some compromises you have to make to get on ABC. Compromise number one, they really strongly want to protect America's funniest home videos, right? You can ask any NASCAR fan about this. They <laughs> certainly remember when playoff races were taken off the air so we could go watch Tom Bergeron lead into some home videos of people getting hit in the groin, right? <laughs> and uh, the reality of the matter is the compromise, you go to ABC, it means you go to three o'clock Eastern. So last year was in prime time because of the baseball lockout. More recently, it's been six o'clock an evening game. And, you know, three o'clock is fine, but it's a little early. I mean, it's a little early. And if, if this was not ABC, if it was CBS, if it was Fox, certainly, if it was NBC, you might be able to get a five o'clock start leading into seven. But for whatever reason, ABC does not let any sporting events run into that six o'clock hour and local news. Just and out of curiosity, because the men's tournament has gotten away with this on the following night. On Monday night in the men's tournament, we realize is Godzilla in terms of the interest and the culmination of the tournament, but it doesn't start until the nine Eastern time hour, and they're running a primetime hour-long window of two shows, whatever it is, two broke girls and uh what else what else has been on cbs that's there i don't even the know last cbs show i watched was the nanny what's uh, her name is cat or whatever the new show I mean, no that's so, fox uh, give uh, cbs no. more credit than that Ooh, call C me cat call me cat is that fox and that's not cbs fox. okay that's fox but that's cbs only fox green like some that. other you know uh king of queens or whatever would run before the national championship game of march madness at the final four in the nine eastern time window is when they would begin just out of curiosity on a Sunday night, you could get away with what you're talking about and just start the women's game later at nine. Yeah. I don't know what it's replacing. I don't watch network TV regularly, much less on well, the weekend. I don't know what it would be replacing, but wouldn't that be a possible solution as opposed to three in the afternoon when you're going to have less audience? You simply the, are. The only show on ABC that anybody watches is called American Idol, right? right. At least watch it live. And that is Sunday night. So. The thing is, though, you could still put the women's title game in prime time and work around American Idol. You of could course. have it on at seven, 
right? Because remember, prime time on, on Sundays starts an hour earlier. So you could have it on at seven leading into American Idol at nine. You could have American Idol on at eight leading into the game at nine. Yes. Right? There's a lot of different options, but ABC does just it just doesn't do Sunday night sports. The NBA ratings wise has long really for more than a decade justified a Sunday night window at least a few times a year on ABC outside of the finals. And they don't they won't do it. The the NHL was getting primetime Sunday night slots on NBC fairly regularly the final two years. And ABC won't do it. And I, I know Idol does reasonably well by today's standards, but it's like, what, one hour, maybe two at the most. There's plenty of time in prime time for other stuff. But again, we got to protect, you know, we got to protect Alfonso. We got to keep Alfonso's show, uh, America's <laughs> Funny Tone Videos, right? We got to, and well, I don't even know what else they are. They are AFV American Idol, and they've got at least one other Sunday night show. I don't even know what that is. But I can't, you know, for, I can't help you with that. One of their one of their dramas they used to have like courtroom dramas. What was it? The practice and yeah. a few other ones. I can't tell you I, I, the ABC. Uh, I, I was I checked out after like NYPD Blue and that's been 20 years ago. I checked uh, out after Family Matters and okay. uh, Boy Meets World. All right. So uh, a couple of other things in the basketball realm. It'll be basketball season before mm-hmm. we're here soon enough. All right. So the latest with Kevin Durant and the Nets and the NBA schedule release, because you were writing about this on your site as well the first the first thing is what are you telling me because i quasi keep up with this you're telling me that the team is saying they're not going to trade kevin durant kevin durant hasn't said i'm agreeing to come back to the brooklyn nets do i have that straight i haven't we haven't heard that from kevin durant who wants to be traded right i don't think we've heard anything from kevin specifically but it's all over it's done he's going to be there he's going to play probably play out his contract how do Uh, you know because it, uh, Sham Sharania said it. I don't care about it. that. How do you know if the player no. if the player is not saying I'm committed to being here and the and the and the player ultimately controls it, he can sit out. Well, uh, Sean Marks, the GM of the Celtic or the Nets, put out a statement saying uh, Steve Nash and I, together with uh, Joe Sy and Clara Rusai, met with Kevin Durant and Rich Kleeman in Los Angeles today. We have agreed to move forward with our partnership. We are focusing on basketball. Yada 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 yada. Right. And so, the first thing I think when I hear those is who have they got to trade with? And it's coming. It's right. coming in the next couple of days know. or whatever. I, whenever I you hear those it. things. Yeah. I think I think it's done. I think you're okay. actually there. But the interesting thing from the schedule standpoint about Brooklyn, go ahead, because you wrote about this. Yeah. I mean, the NBA, the Nets only have like 13 games on ABC, ESPN, or TNT this year, less than half of the maximum, or maybe just over slightly half of the maximum. And some of the Nets' biggest games are not on national TV. Nets, Lakers, uh, November 13th could be, could be Durant versus LeBron for the first time since Christmas day, 2018. Mm. And it's an NFL Sunday. It's not going to air on ESPN, TNT, and certainly on ABC. I imagine NBA TV will probably pick up that game. Is there not an option? I'm asking out of curiosity where one of those in particular ESPN, ABC couldn't opt in to grab that game. Is that possible? They could, but they're not going to do that on NFL Sunday. I mean, it's not, it's, it's, there is some precedent for regular season NBA on NFL Sundays uh, and ABC ESPN did a Mavericks Lakers game. In fact, this was the final public appearance of Kobe Bryant before he died. Uh, if you remember the game where uh, Kobe was t- speaking Slovenian to Luka Doncic, that was a game that ESPN added to the schedule at the last minute because the Warriors were so bad that year with Mm -hmm. uh, Curry injured, they took a full window away. They didn't just flex the Warriors game out. They just got rid of the window and (laughs) added 
a Mavericks Laker uh, LeBron versus Luca game on uh, week 17. Uh, but that, you know, and hey, that did pretty decently well. I think it averaged at least a million viewers, which given the competition. And then the only other time that they have added a regular season game on an NFL Sunday uh, was when the Warriors started 24 and 0. They added a game at Denver as part of that. So it's really rare. Uh, I don't know that, you know, they're going to do it. I, I, I feel like the ratings just aren't going to be there. Uh, you know, on, on an again, NFL part of your point is stay away from the NFL Sunday where there's yeah. just such massive audience. And what are you going up against? If you can strategically go around it before it, after it, like you've talked about, that makes sense uh, as well. So, and, and the nets uh, are not on the Christmas day slate, correct? No, they are not. They are so, not. and by that, the way, that almost makes me think that the NBA was almost assured by, by the Brooklyn management. We're going to trade him yeah. maybe even to one of the teams that's on Christmas day. Phoenix is on the wish list. They're playing Christmas day. Yeah. I'm just saying, John Lewis, right. uh, to quote uh, Saturday night live and uh, Dana Carvey and Kevin Nealon as Hans and Franz. Now I'm going in the way back, like to the nineties yeah. and whatever. Uh, from Hans and Franz, hear me now, remember me tomorrow. I'm telling you, just because they're saying he's not traded right now doesn't mean that they aren't going to still trade him and he doesn't want to be somewhere else. Stay tuned. Not a, not a thousand percent guarantee. You'll see he's 34 years old, only in sports media. Only in sports media is 34 young. That's the only place. Because, I mean, you know. Well, that's true. But again, he holds a lot of the cards. If, if he decides I don't want to be here at some point here in the next few weeks and decides I'm not showing up because I don't want to be here until you, but it doesn't matter. He didn't want to be there, but no one is, no one, no one's going to trade assets. They're not going to trade their young players, the draft picks for a guy who's got, you know, no one yet is going to do the deal or the nets may be willing to take less. I'm just putting it out there as hypotheticals. We'll see. We'll see if that is the case. That game, uh, Durant's return to Golden State, One of, I think maybe only the second time he's returned, and the first time with fans, and the first time with a healthy Steph Curry, I think, that's on Divisional Round Sunday. And that's definitely, they're not going to flex anything, and that's going to be, absolutely you know, that won't be on ESPN or TNT. So, I mean, the NBA made the decision to not only not include the Nets on national TV, but to put themselves in a situation where Brooklyn was good, some of their biggest games are not going to be broadcast because, you know, you could easily put those games on a Thursday, a Friday, a Wednesday, a Tuesday, and the NBA is on pretty much every day of the week on national TV. Uh, and none of those days, you know, they, they, whatever, they just decided let's go waste them opposite the NFL, but it'll be, uh, those will be good days for league pass. Right. Uh, so, you know, you got to build up your league path, uh, your league pass business as well. Uh, I will say just generally about the NBA schedule, I was a little underwhelmed by it when I first saw it. ABC only has games until March 11th, right? So, um, you know, maybe that's your tribute to uh, the events of two years ago to just suddenly halt on March 11th, right? And also the NCAA tournament takes over a lot of those weekends. Well, yeah. So, but so I, I figured out why that's happening. March 12th is Oscar Sunday. So normally uh, ABC would do a doubleheader on, on, on that Sunday. They're not. That's Oscars Sunday. Interesting. And then April uh, 2nd is the women's tournament. I didn't know when the NBA schedule came out that ABC was going to be airing the women's tournament at that time. That's why those final two double headers that ABC would have aired last year aren't airing. And so their schedule ends March 11th, pretty early. 
And with that, let's get to it. Here we go. Love it or leave it. Uh, speaking of ABC and ESPN, the Little League World Series is going on. We both have already panned that a couple of times. They did play the Major League Sunday night game uh, at Williamsport last Sunday night. Did you watch any of this with the Orioles actually uh, beating did. the Red Sox? Did you check a little bit of that out? I actually did. I mean, even though I'm not watching any preseason, I found a way to, you know, drop in mm-hmm. an Orioles game. Um, you know, I uh, I find that it's very interesting, this this whole business of the Little League becoming what it's becoming, because the attention on it, I don't think is a good thing. You know, anything that's part of the broader, you know, popular culture turns bad very quickly, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's not, it's not a good thing. I don't think. Well, they have franchised uh, the little league tournaments and the little league world series for 20 years. We've been talking about that and they're trying Mm -hmm. to find other creative ways and now weaving in Sunday night baseball and a, and a major league game as part of it as there, I have to say, I only saw a couple of the highlights. I did not watch that on Sunday evening with everything else that was going on in my household. And again, the little league world series will play out. And this is the first time in three years that it's going to be the United States against an international uh, team. That is because a year ago, there were no international teams. It was only the United States teams. And then there was no tournament in 2020 with the COVID-19 shutdown. So the traditional, the U S is going to lose to Taiwan that always used to happen in the seventies and the eighties is, or Chinese Taipei, as it was known for a few years, I went back and forth. That's now back on for which, which international uh, team gets to go against the U.S. team. Another subject here. Love it or leave it. Back to the basketball. I caught some of Sue Bird uh, of the WNBA and the Seattle Storm, who could be playing in her final games at any time now in the playoff series. What was it on Sunday? She had a double-double, 41 years of age in their clinching playoff win. Uh, speaking of, of uh, Durant being 34 and it's not a young man's game and blah, blah, blah. She looked fantastic for 41 years of age uh, still out there. And now that's a, that's a very interesting matchup with they and the Las Vegas aces who are the regular season champs. So I'm loving, I'm, I'm loving that storyline as somebody that's older, John, I'm loving the storyline of an older player in her final year, still out there playing at a very high level as she was. I call well, they've got a, they've got a very real chance of winning the championship. Uh, you know, Las Vegas is a good team, but you know, one, this is a dream matchup for the WNBA because these two teams played two very inten- entertaining games toward the end of the season, both on ABC. They both did very well by WNBA standards. And, uh, you know, I think it's, I will say, uh, mark it down now, uh, September 4th is game three. That's a Sunday of Labor Day weekend. That's on ABC, three o'clock game, no football competition. And I think that's going to be the most watched WNBA game uh, in many, I'll say in uh, 14 years since Candace Parker debuted. Now, will it be the first WNBA game to have a million viewers since Candace Parker debuted in 2008? Now, I want to be clear. This is Hillary is still in the race against Obama, right? <laughs> in the primary, right? Yes, in the primary, right? This is how long ago we're talking. Uh, and uh, I, I think it's a decent shot because it's the Sunday of Labor Day weekend. Uh, that's, you know, not a great TV viewing weekend, but it's certainly it's a holiday weekend. It's three o'clock Sunday afternoon, no NFL, no college football. 
network TV. And we should be mentioning too, because you're making reference, the WNBA has played their seasons at different times. And in that season in 2008, they were done quicker. In this case, being done a little later in the summer and Labor Day weekend might benefit that it has some audience or some more audience on network TV. We'll see. Big problem for the WNBA is that they keep going into October. You know, the initial slogan, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, their initial slogan for the playoffs was all the way till Labor Day. You know, it's madness to go and compete with the NFL and and Major League Baseball when you have the numbers that WNBA has. And I do think it is important to point out the WNBA and the women's NCAA tournament are not equivalent events in terms of popularity. We are not talking about events that are on the same. They're not in the same neighborhood. The WNBA and the NWSL, which is getting a prime time finish for their final. Those are, you know, the women's final in college basketball has several times as big an audience as the most watched WNBA game. So, and that goes for the NWSL as well. So, you know, it, it's different because with the women's title game, you can make an argument that three o'clock on ABC isn't enough. That prime time, you know, especially in this era of TV. With the WNBA, I mean, it's more about taking what you can get with sure. the numbers that they've gotten. And I think it's going to be really important, this game, this game three, you know, there's really no way it's not going to be a good matchup because it'll either be Sue Bird trying to hold on down 0-2, maybe her final game in front of the home crowd, or Sue Bird up 2-0 trying to get back to the finals, or it's 1-1, which is always good. So no matter what, uh, the WNBA fan, I think, will be definitely tuning in and tuning in more because it could be Sue's last game or you know one of her last games. And then the casuals, the people who don't really care, but because it's broadcast TV, like we talked about, you will look for whatever is on broadcast TV. I was watching PBR team bull riding the other day. Okay. <laughs> Do you think and not, I... and not the NFL preseason for the record? No, actually. Yeah, that's true. Did I, you I latch watched... on to a favorite team in the team PBR? I, I'm trying to remember what the teams were called. Right? I'm trying to remember what the teams were called. All right. Well, uh, we, will, we will move on. One more. Love it or leave it. The PGA Tour will conclude with its Tour Championship in Atlanta, uh, where the, the winning golfer, again, makes in excess of $10 million for winning the FedEx Cup. There's a lot on the line, obviously, for the 30 players that are there. Fascinating format, again, that coming off the second playoff event, the second of the three playoff events, they now go in order with whomever is first starts this tournament, John, at 10 under par, keeping it a little more simple. The second-place golfer is 8 under par, third place seven under and descending down so that is a big lead for the first place golfer over most of the field it's a five or six shot lead and a lot of the time that golfer's in great shape to win the 10 million patrick cantlay uh is that golfer at the top of the leaderboard after he won the bmw championship um this past weekend in delaware so the, the best of the best are in the field, although the names like Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas are, are not up at the top of this and don't have a great chance to win it, but they still will be playing for a ton of money. NBC will televise. I'm curious without the superstar names, how much interest is really there in this, but that's another thing to keep in mind. Are you loving it that the drama of some of the lesser known names, Patrick Cantlay was the winner of it. He's trying to repeat not a household name like Tiger and Phil. Will the will the drama of the FedEx Cup here lose some sting because the bigger names are not in the mix? 
I mean, what drama is there really anyway, right? Uh, this is something that if you are a golf fan, then you're interested. The general public, I don't even think, really notices this all that much. I, I did see the Zalatoris playoff uh, maybe right. the weekend the other day with the ball going nearly into the water. The other one that didn't go into the water. It was entertaining, but it was a lot like the PBR team event. I mean, it was the same exact motivation. You're just switching around looking for something to watch. Um, I, in the I Zalatoris think, case, because I'm a golf guy, he won that event in Memphis, but he's injured at the moment. And it's right. not, as we release the podcast, it's not certain whether he's going to play. And that would that would reduce the field to 29 guys. And Zalatoris would right now be right in there as one of the top two or three guys up on the leaderboard. So that that's uh, bad physically and bad for the checkbook, yeah. apparently, that he can't play in the final event if that's coming up. But you're right. I mean, if you're not a hardcore golf fan – you're you're kind of away and and not watching this. It's not the majors. It's not the Masters. It's not the U.S. Open. But this is the end of their season, the culmination of their season. And one smart thing they've done is back it up and get away as we began the podcast from the F word, football. Do not be finishing on Labor Day weekend like they did for years with the playoffs, with the college football going crazy everywhere, because you are completely uh, not not only not on the back burner, you're not in the kitchen fi- figuratively with the audience if it's football up against the golf or the team PBR or the NASCAR or the tennis or the little league world series or anything else, get those things done right before the football. Exactly. You know, it's, uh, it's like trying to, you know, I mean, look, the reality is football season is football season. It belongs to the NFL. You can get a few things in there, obviously a world series or two, you know, Uh, well, maybe one, right. But uh, look, the reality of the matter is, once the football season starts, all those smaller events, they are like the tiny injuries that start running when the T-Rex is arriving, right? That's, <laughs> that's really what it is. Uh, and the PGA Tour is one of those tiny little creatures, right? I mean, the, 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 the NFL is the T-Rex, college football is the Velociraptor, <laughs> and, uh, you know, everybody else is uh, a slow ox. Wow. Right? We've covered all the Jurassic World metaphors as well i think we've covered just about everything we need to anything else top of mind here before we are done john lewis i know some were asking and inquiring you did get the washer dryer install but we're still having an issue but at least it is there it did show up they they put the hot water hose in with the cold water (laughs) and vice versa so and they fused it they so so it's it's not like you can just simply switch exactly yeah so I have to have people come out, pay more money, you know, don't, uh, you know, that's, uh, I mean, I don't even know. Can you blame Costco for that? Is, or is that just going to be, well, the we're calling them everything? out. I don't know, but they got to, the delivery guys have got to figure out the H over here, the C over here. It's kind of like the same with a hotel oh, me, room shower, the H, the C, you got to figure out the hot and the cold. Well, let me show it. you the picture because there's no excuse for what, for this. Um, so as you can see, and obviously people re, uh, listening can't see the, the hose says cold 15 times. And oh, then the yes. place- I'm looking at John's diagram. I'll do a little play by play description. It's pretty tough to miss that. It says cold, cold on two different places. It's just somebody not paying attention. It yeah, happens. And then, so the, the place where you're supposed to put it in hot one, and then at the bottom hot again. So it says hot twice. Then the wire says cold, like every single inch, cold, 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 uh. cold. That's just not really caring what you're doing. I uh, guess. Not paying attention, but we try to pay attention here on the sportsmediawatch.com podcast. 
John, I always appreciate it. Anything else? We're good here for another week. Um, yeah, probably. You know, what else can, you know, what else can really be said? A reminder again, find this podcast wherever you get podcasts. Stay on the feed. George Offman's conversation with Pat Fitzgerald, the Northwestern coach, is immediately preceding this uh, episode on the podcast feed. And again, Mike and Phil will be back with announcer schedules, the podcast a little bit later on in the week. For now, we are good. John Lewis, thank you. We'll catch up with you again soon. All right. Here's hoping I can finally get my clothes washed. <laughs> the hot time. and the cold straight. Oh, well, I, I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to sign off, but go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to say uh, I put my clothes in on the cold wash and they come out piping hot. <laughs> so, you know, the first time I thought, oh, that's weird. Maybe it's just, you know, just because it's the first time. Then the second time I, I thought to myself, well, you know, maybe that's just the way front load washers work, where you put them on the cold wash, but somehow they're just piping hot when they come out but no it's because these guys put them in incorrectly yeah all right with that john thanks we always appreciate it and uh, we'll talk to you again soon all right sounds good there is john lewis sportsmediawatch.com i am merely tj reeves we thank you for being with us make sure you're following or subscribing apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify to the sportsmediawatch.com podcast This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.